Hello friends and welcome to your Wednesday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. It's getting closer friends. Ipswich Town were back at Portman Road last night in front of more than 15,000 fans. They played Premier League West Ham in a friendly and acquitted themselves pretty well by all accounts. That's what we're going to largely be talking about today. I'm your host Mark Heath. I hope you're enjoying the weather, the heat wave that's sweeping across our fine nation this week. It's sweating balls here at Heath Towers, to use a technical term. Someone who I am sure is enjoying the good weather is Andy the Hutchman Hairyback Warren. How are you? Is it good, though? It's, the it's... way you've just described that there doesn't yeah. sound doesn't sound great. I, I was a joke last night at Portman Road. <laughs> I made the, the incredibly unwise decision to cycle four miles to Portman what? Road in jeans last night. What are you doing, man? I had to get there somehow. Um, <laughs> but jeans. Well, this is the problem. You're, you're not. I'm not. I wasn't just going out of the house at quarter to five. I was having to plan my clothing up until the time I got in, which was at about midnight. Right. So you're caught in. You're caught in no man's land, and and I was <laughs> ultimately caught in sweaty man's land for for the duration of the evening from that point on because I never recovered. I never recovered. You must have been you must have been in bits, sweaty bits by the time you got there. Let alone, uh, yeah, I was. I, <laughs> I, 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 there's no denying it. But roll on November. That's all I say. This, that, a, that's when. That's the real quiz. You're a shorts man. Why didn't you just go full shorts? It wasn't going to get that cold, surely by midnight. Well, you never know, do you? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's, I'm not sure about shorts for for workers. Was either of you at half past ten interviewing football managers and football players wearing shorts and they I wear it. They love it. Yeah, well, I'm not. I might start wearing track suits. They're allowed <laughs> to wear track suits to work, aren't they? So why can't why can't I? But um, yeah, black jeans weren't weren't very sensible. I might that's I might just have to go shorts. That's not the one. Yeah, I, I want to see a velour tracksuit, Hutchie. While you're while you're interviewing <laughs> managers, it it wasn't it wasn't the shorts that was the problem. It was the mode of transport and the, the vigor. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah I put the pace. I went off on too much of a pace. I've been watching a bit of the Tour de France recently. Have you? Just got a bit egged up by pace and things like that. So <laughs> that was that was the issue. But it's, you just don't recover. You don't get it. You you cannot put that residue. Back in the back in <laughs> back in the back in the body. Um, I anyway, I hope you're hydrating, mate. Cause that's very important. If you're always uh, hydrated, that is never a problem. I'm all, I'm very well hydrated. I drink a lot of water, but that does sweating. mean it just pours out my back. <laughs> what an image to start the show this week. Sorry, friends. Um, if anything, you're right, Hutchie. It's a little bit too hot, I would say. Stewie, how's the heat for you, Stewie? Not too bad. Yeah, I I did give Andy a sort of a slap on the back. Um, when he it, when he arrived yesterday, and it did make quite an audible sort of wet wet sound, and he said, <laughs> oh, I, "I wouldn't touch me there if I were you, mate." Mate, that uh, was yeah. two hours into our working day together. That was still, and that was still going. You touched a dry bit, fortunately for you. You wanna you wanna follow in my footsteps, mate, and wear wear a vest, little vest. No, mm. no. Sure, you could wear a vest now. No problem at all. <laughs> My my issue obviously is that I've got the uh, the obviously inbuilt solar panel, um, mm. which uh, which takes a bit of a beating in in these conditions. Um, do you go do you go hat in this weather, Stu? I've not I've not seen you sport no, a hat not, before. Not really a hat, man. You no. would look so bad in a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what sort of hat, surely. 
obviously you'd wear a backwards cap, Mark. But, yeah, obviously, um, obviously, let's not go I'm, there again. I'm not sure about I'm not sure about you in hats, Stu. I don't think I've, I've ever seen a, you in a hat. I've done a cap for golf. Maybe yeah. on maybe on holiday, I'll stick a cap on. But um, that, that's about get, it. Yeah, get yourself a little little Panama at a jaunty angle, Stu. I look horrific in hats. I just my my bulbous head just doesn't fit in a hat. That I just I just look ridiculous. Like I've won a competition or something. <laughs> the Groovy Gang. <laughs> oh dear. Well, this has taken an unexpected turn. Um, friends, we're here to talk about football. So shall we do that? Any further ado? Any further mention of sweaty cracks, backs, or indeed hats? Um, <laughs> there were no cracks mentioned. Well, you kind of yeah. The mind did wander though. Or maybe that was just me. I don't know. That's on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right then, friends. Ipswich Town played West Ham in front of more than 15,000 fans on a Tuesday night at Portman Road in a friendly last night, which is a tremendous turnout. Um, boys, I'm pretty much going to let you argue, debate amongst yourselves at this point because uh, you were the guys who were there. Um, what do we make of it? Well, I'm going to start with you, Stu. Um, you look at the, the starting lineup and you think that looks pretty close to what you'd expect to be trotting out on. On opening day, kick us off. Yeah, I think you could see probably eight or nine of those players starting against Bolton on July thirtieth, which is which is coming at us quite quickly. Um, Twenty-two players ultimately got a run out. They changed three at half time. They changed the rest of the outfield seven on about the hour mark. Even switched the goalkeeper around for the last twenty odd minutes as well. So ultimately, it was a good. Cliche time, good good run out, good fitness exercise, but a, a, I thought a really competitive game against um, decent decent West Ham side. Who was it was a bit mix and match from them, but they had five or six bona fide first team players that were part of a, a West Ham team that were competing at the top end of the Premier League table last season, semi finals of the Europa League, and and Ipswich gave as good as they got throughout Bar a sort of 15-minute period at the back end of the first half after West Ham took the lead where it all went a bit flat. I thought the pace and the tempo and the competitiveness of the of the game was really good and and the reaction of the crowd at the end, good warm applause, um, told you everything you, you needed to know about the match. Mm, a serious step up, I think, in terms of what pre-season's been like. Obviously, behind the scenes, loads of hard work ongoing in training, but... That need that Needham game was always a bit of a seemed like a, I didn't see the game I wasn't there but it always seemed like a bit of a blowout game to me so far ahead of any more sort of games it was just kind of a blow the cobwebs off kind of job training game at Arsenal no doubt had its positives but I don't think it doesn't quite replicate a game in front of fifteen thousand does it in a in a in a proper ground of, um, against a Premier League team that are seriously back back at it obviously they've got lots of players still to come back in but. West Ham have been busy so far. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. My first look at Ipswich this summer. Um, and uh, in in many ways, some new faces, but it, it feels like kind of the same Ipswich that signed off at the end of last season to me in, in terms of the quality that they've got, um, what they're trying to do, how they're trying to do it. And um, that makes me feel, um, feel fairly positive about it, to be honest, because uh, I, I liked... I liked what they were doing by the end of by the end of last season, even if the results weren't weren't quite what we were hoping for. Yeah, uh, in terms of a return to the, the same old Ipswich at the end of last season, that included the formation, which obviously we were kind of speculating about. We saw a different look at Needham, but back to the three four three, three four two one, whatever you want to call it, Stewie, last night. 
Yeah, I think that tells you everything about how much this team is built around Wes Burns' qualities. Burns obviously wasn't available at Needham, was, was given a bit of extended time off um, after playing for Wales at, at the back end of, of last season. But there was a few times Andy and I kept sort of turning to, have they switched back to a back four here? No, I don't think so. I think it's just temporary. And Andy said, McKenna's called it a hybrid system. And Andy said that the whole team just kind of rolls, really, that sort of Burns ends up playing right up up the front. But what happens is whoever's playing that sort of left-sided role, when Ipswich don't have the ball, the whole team sort of rolls and, and Penny mm. or Lee slops in at left back, Danassian shuffles across to right back and all of a sudden it looks like a back four. But it was that sort of 3-4-3 with Burns still playing, you know, virtually up in, in line with, with the strikers. We're back to the sort of the dual number 10s again with Aluko and, and Chaplin in, in behind Ladipo, um in the first half. So that would suggest that as as we expected that that, that will be the system of choice again going in, going into this season. Let me just trot through the starting eleven because um, it's worth mentioning if you've if you've not seen it. So it was Walton, Danassian, Wolfand, and Burgess at the back. Burns, uh, Morsey, Ball, Penny, uh, and then Aluko and Chaplin playing behind Freddie Ladapo up top. Hutchie, how much of that eleven there would you expect to be the same walking out on on opening day? Um, <clears throat> Transfers pending, obviously. Yeah. Ma- Maybe three to to change potentially. I I, I think ultimately George Edmondson will, will come back into the back three. Yeah. Uh, I think the left side is up for grabs. We'll talk about Greg Lee in a bit, but I re- I quite liked what I saw from him last time. I first look mm. at him, I liked him. Um, plus, obviously, we're we're talking about potential additions there, and then um, number ten, maybe. Um, I think that that might be that might be it. That might be the the changes for me, I think. Okay, well, with that in mind, you, you've, you've alluded to it there. The new players, the first time we've seen them at Portman Road, Ball and Freddie Ladapo both started. Maybe significant that Ball was chosen alongside Morsey in midfield. Um, and we got to see uh, Greg Lee and, for the first time, John Jules as well, didn't we, second half. What did you boys make of them, Hutchie, starting with you? Um, I liked what I saw from all of them in, in patches. Uh, I think, well, Ball started due to sort of where he's at in kind of um, fitness stuff yeah. compared to Lee Evans. So yeah, true. I think that's probably explains that. But saying that as well, I, I, I think we've talked about him quite a lot recently. I could very easily see him start on, on opening day and I, and I liked him. Um, he, well, as the teams were walking out, Stu, Stu just mentioned, if you just look at Ladipo and, and Ball in that little lineup, it, they just look bigger as a team mm. um, and a ball certainly brings that, but I like his touch too. He had a few nice little popped passes um, just to keep things ticking over and look to be working okay with, with Morsi Ladipo. I, I liked what I saw from him. He, I think I, I particularly like him where he, he's able to just kind of get in behind a little bit and then hold the ball up, um, which which I like. Morsi did that on a few occasions. I, I saw Sam Morsi like trying to G him up and get him going. And we need more work rate from you up, up top, which is something we've heard from Rotherham, isn't it? But hmm. um, I liked what I saw from him as as well. They were the they were the two starters. Were they? Is that kind of what they were like at at Needham, Stu? Sort of similar. 
Uh, yeah, I guess so. As you've kind of said, the Needham game, I, there isn't a huge amount to take it away from that. That was that was a glorified training match. So this was the first time to see them in a, in a proper environment. Um, we got to see Freddie Ladapo open his legs a bit and show that sort of raw power that he's got that... Um, don't giggle at that. Come on. <laughs> You're better than that. I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> he, um, he's, McKenna talked about his sort of pace and directness in behind when they were preparing to play Rotherham last season. And, and we, we saw a bit of that, um, notably in the first half when was it Sam Morsey who, who nicked the ball and, and sent him racing away from inside his own half. And he hit the post with the one-on-one when he reached the box. But you know, ate up the ground pretty quick. There was a, there was a point in the second half where he he um I think he had about ten yards to make up on Aaron Cresswell when the ball got kind of put into the corner and and he burnt past him and and kept the ball alive. Hmm. So he looks like someone that will give Ipswich a bit of a, a threat in behind. And then they had the luxury of um replacing him with with Caden Jackson in the second half. So if you're a tiring defender that's been dealing with with Ladapo running in behind you constantly, and then and then Caden Jackson comes on, who's who's just as quick, if not quicker. That could um, that could that could break a few teams this season. I could see the potential for that. Hmm. Talk to me about Greg Lee then, Hutchie. You said you, you like the look of him. He came on at, at half time, didn't he? Um, everything we've heard about him is that he sounds like he would be a good fit for this team. Super athletic, super um, dynamic. Um, likes to bomb on and get forward. Um, what did you make him on your first look at him last night? As advertised, really, as as you've just just described, kind of in control of himself, athletic, um, look to play in the final third, kind of maybe a little more comfortable sort of playing intricate passes in the final third and linking with others in the final third than maybe Matt Penny is. Matt Penny, as we, we've discussed so many times, is actually a really good crosser of the ball if mm. he can if he can get the right moment. But in terms of kind of linking up and and um, Sort of bringing others into the game, maybe not quite so much, but um, yeah, I just like the look of Lee. It was only only forty five minutes, so not nothing to go to go mad about. But he just looks like a solid, solid addition to the. Had a hand the in the goal, didn't he? Had yeah. a hand in the goal. Nice little sort of clever clever pass inside, led to Harper's cross sort of looping up for Vincent Young to head home. Um, whipped in a really dangerous cross towards the end that had Aaron Cresswell sort of chesting the ball behind under pressure at the far post. So, yeah, nice little early signs from Greg Lee. He replaced Penny at half-time. Are we calling that uh, an assist for the Dream? Can I can I chalk that up? No. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, um, let's let's just finish off the, the new lads then before we talk about other stuff. Tyrese John-Jules, um, we saw him for the first time as well. Came on, I think, for the last half hour or so. Stewie, what do you make of him? Because we've not really... You'd have seen the likes of Ladapo play... Uh, before, but we've not seen really anything of of John Jules before, have we? So, what did you make of him? Yeah, first time that he's he's featured uh, in preseason. He has been out. I think was it a quad injury that he picked up when he was on loan at, at Sheffield Wednesday that kind of cut cut that loan short. In when was that that Ipswich played Sheffield Wednesday? Back? February, January, February. Yeah, it might be as far back as January actually. So he's been out a little while with a sort of a medium term injury late cameo last night and not loads to go on, but I think Andy summed it up in our post-match video. Everything he tried to do was positive. He looked like someone, I was just watching in, in the warm-up beforehand, he looked like he had a nice bit of confidence about him and um, clearly got some 
got a really sort of nice, nice ball control. He's a link player, but he's also someone that just wants to, as soon as he gets the ball, wants to play forward and be positive and make something happen. So uh, a nice early encouraging cameo f- for him. Mm. He feels like, the, the, obviously we, we know another strikers in the offing. We know John Jules can play deeper as well. Um, similar kind of uh, positional abilities to Louis Barry, but last summer who we, we looked at kind of like a, as a Premier League loanee with a high upside and not an awful lot of, of downside. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you just look at John Jules and he's a lot more, he just looks a lot more ready for for what he might be asked to do. He he looks more of a more of a, a grown up boy rather than a young boy, which which Barry which Barry looks. He's obviously had a lot more loans, hasn't he? He's got more more experience under his belt. So if if that's kind of a similar similar kind of role within the squad that he might fulfil, I, I think I think he's someone they can get a lot more out of than they did than they did Barry. Mm. It's just signed for MK Dons, Louis Barry. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, quite eye-catching, isn't it? Um, given his struggles at this level last season, we'll see an MK Dons, you'd imagine, being up there. Um, what about the second half side then, boys? We've, we've talked a lot about the, the, the players who started the games uh, and new players, but obviously KBY got on the score sheet, which is which is nice to see. Anything else about the, the players who came on stand out? Do you want to maybe talk a little bit about that? I'd like to talk about Lee Evans, who I think yep. it was clear last season that people who listen to this know that I'm I'm a fan of Lee Evans. I know he had his detractors uh, throughout the season, but I just think he brings a lot of qualities to the team that were that were missed when he was out injured. Set piece taking being one of them, he came on and I thought their quality of corner taking went up several notches. He whipped a really good, dangerous corner in um, right underneath the crossbar in the second half. Great to see him back. I think he's now had 20-odd minutes at Needham, 45 at Arsenal, another 45 last night. It's a big ask for him to come on at half-time against that West Ham team who made no changes at at the break and get up to the speed of the game straight away. And Hmm. He had a couple of loose touches in the first sort of five five minutes or so of the second half, but I thought he slowly but surely grew into the game and we started to see that, that range of passing. Um, and and his ability on on the ball, so um, it's going to be really interesting to see who who gets that nod. Sam Morsey is obviously a nailed on starter. Will it be Ball or Evans or maybe both? I can see a scenario where Kieran McKenna at some stage, whether it's at the start of the season or into the season, just goes. They're a really experienced trio. Those those three, and it becomes more of a traditional. Three-man midfield with with Morsi kind of given given the license to to push on. Um, we'll see. I guess that might be dependent on if another striker comes in and there'll be a temptation to. We talked about Lopo's work rate and might there come a moment where you go actually he's, he's better in a two up mm. front, and then you can play that three midfield behind a sort of a, a front two. I, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who get, who gets the nod for the first game in, in midfield. I think you've got. You've got two really quite different midfield options to go with Morsi there, haven't you? Which like Evans, we know, can sweep the ball around really nicely. I, th- I think it just gives McKenna that that bit more flexibility. And in terms of if you find a game where, which we saw plenty of these, where Ipswich have loads of the ball and a, a kind of gifted possession on halfway, mm. y- y- you 
and and then the task is to break them down maybe maybe that's when you use Evans to just just use the ball that bit more and, and a bit quicker but games where you really need to dominate the midfield I could see Ball and Ball and Morsi being being the two because they're a pretty pretty tough midfield too aren't they if if you're looking to to dominate and, and need to win the midfield battle they might be your two so I, I could see a bit more flexibility throughout the season rather than there being a starting starting pair or as Stu says close to the three who knows you tease Mr Watson I'm sorry about the background noise here I think there's some I live near Wattisham Airfield so there must be some kind of display going on um I don't want to go through each and every player and go how did he look but there are a couple I'm, I'm interested in uh, second half wise Corey and Darba uh, and obviously we've already heard he got a tremendous assist Rakeem the dream Harper give me something to hang on to uh, and Harper, are there any signs at all in what you've seen of him so far this preseason that he's um, he's come back a better player? Maybe uh, he played centre half at Needham and could have played with his pipe and slippers. Probably, <laughs> I think it was a sec- second half there. Nothing to read into that. Versatile, yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, I can't remember too much about him from, from last <laughs> last no. night. If if I'm honest, I think Andy was looking quite blankly as that question came out. <laughs> He's got, I mean, we've just talked about the, the three senior central midfield players. Um, Cameron Humphreys was, came on and was involved last night. It's it's a bit it's a long way back for him to become an established starter for, for Ipswich this this coming season, I would suggest, but but not impossible. Um, who was the other player that you mentioned? Big Corey, strongest player. Corey, in the- yeah, he. Um, yeah, his standout moment was a fantastic bit of sort of tracking back when uh, West Ham countered. And Ipswich, if there was one sort of weakness last night, they did, they did sort of look open on the counter-attack a, a few times, um, be it from their own set pieces or turnover of play. Um, Antonio went away one-on-one, looked to go around Walton, and, and there was Corey and Darby racing back to, to clean up quite nicely. So, yeah, uh, pretty pretty assured from, from Corey and Darby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He, he had an. He had, so I've got. I've got thoughts. I've got something on Raheem Harper for you. Um, oh. But there was an, another moment from Mandaba who who swept up really nicely to stop Armstrong Okaflex as well. Uh, I just wanted to say his name because I like that. <laughs> yeah. um, Raheem Harper um, saw him the other day in his car. I was driving by Christchurch Park and he took the corner a little bit tight and cut the corner. Had I been further down the road, there might have been a collision. So that's just oh. my thought on Rakeem Harper. <laughs> for you. That was definitely him, was it? Allegedly. Uh, uh, well, yeah, it was It was him. Yeah, superb. Uh, any other notes then, boys, from, from Literature Town point of view? Because obviously we, it would be remiss of us not to mention the return of Flynn Downs as well last night, his first game in Claret and Blue. Um that's not Benson, is it? That's someone else. No, this, that's, at, that's at my end now. Sorry. Uh, excellent. It's all kicking off. Apologies for the, the background noises, friends. Um, Flynn Downs in West Ham colours, Andy. You've got a West Ham shirt behind you for those not watching on video. I don't even know if he's going to go out on video because Rossi's off this week. What did you make of Flynn? It sounds like he, he hurled himself into a tackle early doors. Yeah, he, su- he suits Claret and Blue, I think. He looked, he looked very comfortable in... Um... In that kit, he was kind of he looked to have a little bit of a spring in his step during the warm up. I think just running out on a pitch wearing that, obviously in very familiar surroundings for him. Um, a few nods and smiles at people that he he obviously knew, which there weren't too many of 
in in the Ipswich ranks, really. But um, but yeah, within ninety seconds, he'd kind of dragged down Sonny Aluko from from behind um, after being schooled by him on the touchline, and that theme kind of continued. Really, I think every time Sonny Aluko got the ball, he seemed to be kind of twisting and turning his way away from from Flynn, who um, who was just the Flynn Downs that we that we know really tenacious I don't think he doesn't really do friendlies we've seen him sent off in a friendly for a headbutt haven't we so he's, he friendlies isn't isn't kind of what he does he was tenacious looked to win the ball back had a few decent driving moments forward with it as well so um he'll be pleased with his first sort of West Ham appearance and um hopefully for him there's there's loads more to come can we just decide as well you mentioned Luco there are we going with Sonny Luco this season because there was some debate about it being Shawnee in fact but I'm not sure I can I can move to Shawnee. Um, Son, it's Sonny, isn't it? It's Shawnee, but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's fine. Let's, uh, we'll all just carry on the way that we've become accustomed. I think we'll go with Sonny. If um, we're going to embrace, if we're going to embrace it, I mean, now's the time. New season. I, I was I'm, uncomfortable just suddenly switching to it midway through a season, but you know, I'm open. We just need to make agree. a decision, boys. Let's just decide. Let's decide by the Bolton game. We'll give ourselves a couple of weeks to think this over, workshop yeah. it. Um, might be able to ask him in this yeah. period and get a if definitive we, if, answer. If we could get an, an actual definitive answer from the man himself, that would be good because it would be nice to pronounce his name correctly. Um, if indeed we've not been for so long, but let's lock that in by the Bolton game. That and then that's it. Excellent, man. Excellent management speak. Sorry, okay. Well, while we're on the subject of. Of Sonny slash Shawnee. I'm not just conflicted about his name. I'm also a little bit conflicted about him as a player at the moment because right. if you have a little look at social media last night, a lot of people were, were picking him as Ipswich's man of the match. And don't get me wrong, he is he is lovely to watch. He's silky smooth. He's got a really tight turning circle. Like you say, he schooled downs a few times. He was so close to slipping sort of a through a through the eye of a needle pass for people. But is it is it a bit of a luxury for Ipswich? We talked about last season, great player to watch, but were his were his numbers in terms of assists and chances created and goals high enough? And I've still got that slight slight concern with him there. Um, there's no doubt that in terms of his technical ability, he is right up there in Ipswich's squad, probably top of the tree now. Mm. But is that what's going to get Ipswich promoted out of League One? And he's now 34 years of age. You, you don't really want him to be the centrepiece of your team going forwards. You, you know, he can he can have a great role. He'll have moments where he's really useful. But um, yeah, conf- conflicted is is how I would describe my sort of feelings towards... Well, right right now, if you look at it, it's... That area of the pitch, they, Ipswich, you're looking for them to kind of tool up in the summer, aren't you? But they, they've actually regressed in, in what they've got in that area of the pitch, given that Selena's gone. I know Selena's almost has kind of split opinion in many ways about whether what he produces is enough for that mm. for that position. And then if you look at what he produces compared to Aluko, there there there's a there's a gap between them, isn't there? So. Um, we've talked about that position being an area for recruitment and it, it, I think it absolutely has to be this summer because mm. I, I look at the team that they put out last night and for all the solidity, I really, I, I like the way they set up defensively. I think they've, they've probably got the midfield sorted. Um, obviously Wes Burns, we're hoping for a, a good second season, but if what they're really trying to sort out here is the, 
the goals, um, scoring goals. And I don't, I, I don't think for for all the the quality that Ladapo could bring, I don't think swapping Bon and Norwood for Ladapo is instantly is 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 going to sort that out, is it? That's um, there's more more to be done. I think if they're playing with those two tens like they are, and Aluko is a central part of that, McKenna will tell you it's that a big part of the clean sheets is that they've got players that can keep the ball, and if you've got the ball, the opposition can't score, and that's a big part of why which kept so many clean sheets, but. You know, the goal scored was was a bit of an issue for Ipswich last season. Have they had a, a significant upgrade? Can can you rely on star factor to kind of get you those the odd goal here and there that turns draws in into wins, which w- was an issue last season? That's still up for debate, isn't it? As we're what a couple of weeks out from from the start of the season at the moment. Mm. Mm. Um, one more note on last night before we move on, boys. Portman Road itself. It was your first look at the. New look, Portman Road. Um, first time you've been back there. In, it's only two months, unbelievably. Since the, well, it's less than two months, isn't it? Since the Charlton game. Um, but there've been changes since you were last there. We got we saw a glimpse at the the new look dugouts, which I got very excited about yesterday. Um, definitely res my engines. That that new dugout area. Is it the new chair? Is it the shiny chairs? <clears throat> it's just the. Fa- it's well, yes. The chairs are lovely. The game the gamer style chairs, which I'm too old to buy for myself now. Um, and I'm slightly envious about that. They look incredibly comfy. And it just it, instantly for me upgrades a ground the way it looks. That kind of posh dugout area, it, it has Premier League vibes, doesn't it? Um, and last night you also saw, though I understand it's obviously not working, it's not going to be until the Bolton game, the big screen. Um, what, what did you make of just the return to Portman Road? How's it looking, boys, for those of those of us who weren't there the, last night? There, there is no screen. Um, oh, there's no screen? It's, it's a No, it's still a building site over ah. there. Okay, um, that is going to be there good. though. Dugouts look yeah. good. Yeah, Stu, give me anything. Uh, what can I say? New dugouts, excellent. <laughs> like those, we haven't actually been able to give them the uh, the test out ourselves. We were, we were hoping we might do our post match video mm. on them last night, but we ended up doing it in the. Uh, we let ourselves into the director's box area and did that at the end of the game instead so maybe that's one for the we'll get there, south mate. end game we'll, we'll give them a, we'll give them a try out are they what do you think they're heated do you think you can turn them on i'd like no. to think so oh, i don't know a lot of clubs are so protective over those seats aren't they i'm sure I, we've been to so many. i've been moved on from sitting in those seats at so many grounds i'm just sitting in a seat the cover's still on it i'm sitting on the cover i'm just waiting to interview someone please can i sit on this seat no you can't move on but um i'm sure ipswich will let us sit in them at some point we need the watson and warren posterior review another question about the dugout though is it does seem to be quite a large design mm-hmm. flaw just looking at the pictures as someone pointed out when i shared them yesterday there's no cover is there what happens when it's absolutely hammering it down with rain uh, a lot of grounds don't have them I, th- I guess you'd be hoping that the cover of the stand does the it depends what way the, the rain's the going business though, you. i suppose yeah we will see lots of they'll be to they'll be fine they like a bit of rain anyway <laughs> they'll, they'll be all right yeah but I, I am excited about them so um indulge me in that and i would like to know if they're heated that'd be tremendous um should we move on friends joe piggott wasn't playing last night um, one of two notable absentees, Khaled was being the other one, who had a, a slight knock, I understand. But Joe Piggott's obviously more interesting because he's been linked to Portsmouth. Um, so you, you got a chance to speak to Kieran McKenna after the game. Do you want to bring us up to speed there? Yeah, a bit, bit of manager speak on, on that one in terms of why Joe Piggott wasn't 
among the 22 players that got some game time. He'd featured against Needham, he'd featured against Arsenal, wasn't there last night amidst strong reports from the Portsmouth end that they inquired about him on on loan, option to buy. Our understanding is he is available for that sort of deal. I think Ipswich would be prepared to take the risk of of loaning him to a to a potential League One rival after his frustrating season last year. We talked about the striker options and and their desire to get another one in the door. Um, not quite as advanced as I think it's it's been made out um, in other quarters, but nevertheless, there's every chance that Joe Piggott signs for for Portsmouth. But um, Kieran McKenna's explanation last night that he is part of the squad at the moment, inverted commas, and as it stands, inverted commas, will be involved at the weekend. So I thought those uh, those two little comments um, spoke a lot about where, where we might be at with Joe Piggott. We've we've said since the start of the summer, haven't we, Hutchie, that it, probably that Piggott would move on. But if this particular move happens, he goes to Portsmouth, very much you'd imagine a promotion rival in the coming season. Is that a, a wise move for you? Yeah, I think I'm fine with it. I, I think the Gipswich can be can be too picky. I don't know hmm. that the, there's some criteria here. One, uh, Joe Piggott doesn't does not fit what Kieran McKenna's trying to do. So he's, I, I think he was always going to be moved on. But where are you going to move him to? His his salary won't be insignificant. Hmm. Um, so you're going to want some of that back from wherever it goes. And there's only a certain sort of level of club that are going to be able to offer you something like that. And also, um, and also, start kind of satisfy what what Piggott wants as well. So, I, I, I kind of think you're gonna you haven't really got much of a choice here if you're looking to move him, move him on. Um, you can't kind of protect like ev- yourself from every from every club. But Ipswich mm. will be confident that they can be a better team than Portsmouth this year. And you know what? If Portsmouth signing Joe Piggott removes an obstacle in trying to sign George Hurst mm. for, for Ipswich, um, who obviously was on loan at Portsmouth last season. I'm sure they would absolutely love to have him back. Ipswich will have competition from various places for him, I'm sure. But if that removes an obstacle for that, for a player that they see as being a better fit and a better player mm. for them than than Piggott, then then so be it. But um yeah, I, I I wouldn't. I don't think I'd have a massive problem with this game. He he wouldn't be able to play against Ipswich if he was on loan anyway. So you're not going to directly um, you're not going to be directly um, coming up against him. So hmm. no, it wouldn't wouldn't really worry me. I don't think. In, in terms of incoming, Stu, there was a again. You spoke to Kieran about that last night. George Hurst is a, is a name that that won't go away. Um, mm-hmm. Any updates there from the from the boss, as it were? Not massively, the usual sort of vague, we're working hard behind the scenes and we're in that sort of, Mm. as we've discussed, that sort of little lull period where you can do, they've done some freeze and loans in the early part of the transfer window. Now you're waiting for the the chain reaction to to happen. We talked about Hurst and and Leif Davis at Leeds, who are part of Premier League squads that Mm. that are away on tours and stuff like that at the moment. So it's just a bit of a waiting game on those, but... To be honest, there's no point rattling off a load of names to a manager at this. Day. Are you interested in Davis? Are you interested in, <laughs> in Hurst? Because as I've just sort of outlined with the, the comments on Piggott, you, you get the sort of politician's answer. I'm, I'm not going to talk about another club's player. Uh, 
you know, it's disrespectful to talk about them. We, you know, you just you just get the it's a, it's a bit of a silly dance that we have to play, but they are two players that are Ipswich are interested in. They're up against Championship competition for for George Hurst. I think it's the way that sort of Portsmouth are, are talking. I think they're probably resigned to the fact that they're probably not going to be able to get him back. Hmm. Whether Ipswich can get him, I don't know, but there, there will be other targets. I've mentioned the two players that we're, we're aware of that are big targets, but they'll, they'll have some other plates spinning in in both both of those positions for sure. It'll be a slight a slight potential wrinkle in anything for Leif Davis as well. I don't know if you guys have seen this morning, but Leeds kind of starting left back has been ruled. It's got out for a couple of months with an injury, Junior Furpo. So that's not that. Not that I think Leeds will necessarily be hanging their hat on Leif Davis to come in and be their starter, but um, mm. it might just be another another little wrinkle in what was already a fairly mm. difficult deal anyway. Yeah, I see Davis, I think, is the only left-back on the, on their tour, isn't he, to Australia mm. Leeds. So we'll see what happens there. Jesse Marsh um, saying that he really likes him as a player, whether or not he'll like him enough to start him in the Premier League. I don't know. We'll see. Um, in terms of manager speak, Stewie, you, you've spoken about that there, the uh, the language of managers. Um, we have to talk about something that came out this week from QPR. Um, reference Macaulay Bon. Um, <laughs> of, of, on the back of your exclusive chat with, with Macaulay, which, which went out last week and we spoke about on last week's pod, QPR boss Michael Beale has said that... Um, He's had a chat with Macaulay, a clear the air chat, as we talk, we call it in the trade. Um, and he's basically said that uh, Macaulay's claimed he was misquoted and he does want to be here. Um, and the journo, that's you, Watson, you liar and cheat and charlatan, um, left out all the quotes about how much he loves QPR. It's only fair that we discuss that in this forum, Stewie. So I, I'll leave it entirely up to you what you want to say. Go for it. Uh Sensitive situation, this one, isn't yeah. it? I think, I think maybe as a, as a younger man, I might have come out swinging and fighting my corner a little bit more on this one. And, um, But I think I'll probably choose to, to say I think most sensible-minded people can, can use their common sense as to what's occurred here. The first thing I'll say is that um, there is a line of quotes in there about, you know, maybe it will still happen for me at QPR and there's a real buzz about the place under Michael Bill. That was the extent of what Macaulay said about that situation. It's a, what, oh, it was over four pages in the newspapers, about 3,000 mm. plus words there. Uh, I think you've got a decent flavour of where Macaulay Bond's head is at from 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 that article. It's probably made for a very awkward conversation when that went to print. Um, and then gets hooked in by the manager. So I don't like. I I haven't managed to catch up with Macaulay since those comments from Bill. But I wouldn't blame Macaulay if he if he had to do a little bit of backtracking with it with his manager. And I certainly don't blame Michael Bill for trying to kind of take take control of the the narrative um, for his own perspective in front of QPR fans. But I'd, I'd like to think that listeners to this podcast wouldn't be sort of questioning the. Uh, the integrity of the, of the interview and uh, and what was in, what was included. Very diplomatic. This is why you can't get a, a blue tick though on Twitter, isn't it, Hutchie? You're a complete. What's it like working with such a charlatan? Journo. Uh, that's, that's never <laughs> that's never a positive term for someone, is it? Um, no. Um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me with Watson. If I'm honest, but, um, <laughs> it's quite an extravagant misquote 
isn't it? To string out over, over 3,500 words of, of misquoting um, yeah. is quite extravagant. But I think, in all seriousness, I think everybody associated with Ipswich knows Macaulay Bond and his love for Ipswich Town. So, uh, yeah. yeah, football is so, what it is. Ma- Michael Bilt. Macaulay, it says you thought about getting an Ipswich Town tattoo on your holiday this summer. No, no, I, I said QPR gaffer, Q, QPR tattoo. <laughs> we were talking about shorthand the other week on here, weren't we? And you said yeah. that your shorthand isn't quite what it was, Stu. So is that was that Damning. the issue here? Damning. It was just, just all down to the shorthand circuitry. Just I'll makes you, it up, mate. I'll see you in court, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> right, in friends, we're coming to the end of the podcast. We've got about five minutes left in the in the runtime, boys. Is there anything else you want to discuss? Anything that's caught your eye? You've mentioned Louis Barry. Moving to MK Don's, you're monitoring all the big moves in League One, keeping updating. Is there anything that's caught your eye in that respect? Uh, I need to do a bit of an update on on that today. Um, Derby have signed another, haven't they? Or well, they're close to signing. I think James Collins, a striker. I like Cardiff. him, Stu. I think he's mm. a good. I've always liked him. He's a good. He's a good player. I think he'd score a bucket load in League in League One in the right team. Got a lot of experience in that squad at the moment. Whether they can pull it all together. Um, whether age goes against them, I don't know. But yeah, interesting what's happening there. Um, I've got a couple of things to d- discuss from last night. Um, mm-hmm. I know Andy wants to talk about squad numbers at some stage. I'll, p- I'll put that across to him. But we got, I've got a bit of an update on a long running discussion from the KOA pod food at Portman yeah. Road. They've upped their game. Have they? They've upped their game. Yeah, we turned up last night. There was all these silver serving trays each one sort of laden with rice and chili con carne and in the um, press room yeah so i want to say thank thank you to to press officer marcus nash who was very quick to come over to us and say when he was in the process of getting the job about a year ago he was doing a bit of uh listening in to to various ipswich town podcasts and and he and it stuck with him mike bacon's comments about mash (laughs) And the food offerings, and he vowed that if he got the job, he was going to sort it out for us, and sort it out he has. So, thank you, Marcus. That went down an absolute tree. Not, not just, not just sort of a bar laden with with chili choices, but a little, um, a little tortilla chip station as well. Oh. A few, a few meters away with some chips there, some, some cheese, some sour cream. Um, that's what makes a meal, in my opinion. Sure, give me a good g- give. Well. <laughs> A little side piece. Always have a little side piece on the go. Um, yeah, sure. Give, that's that's a piece of yeah. advice from me. Yeah. Um, it served me well. But um, you can you can produce a really nice homely chili, which is exactly what they did. But you can take it to the next level with some with some uh, some side piece action, and that's exactly exactly what they did. No, well, yeah, just hot Hutchie and his side pieces. What are you like, honestly? Exactly. Nice fresh lick of paint in the press room as well. Um, yeah. Removed some of the un- completely out of place um, motivational posters that were up in there. I think there was one up there that said "Dare," had a picture of an eagle on it, and it just said "Dare to Soar." Um, don't know what that was doing in there for for a decade, but there's now like really nice kind of these, you know, those kind of glass pictures almost of of Portman Road in there. You'll be nice. pleased. Fab Fabio's up in there. Is he? in the press room in, in all, all of the pictures from his kit launch of the uh, of the away kit? He's up on the up on the press room wall as well. So, 
This is um, the best news I've had for quite some time, boys. So the, the food stepped up. We've got a picture of Fabio Wardley. And also, I note from, from people talking about the fans last night, San Miguel on tap at Ipswich Town now. I don't know if you can verify this, but that, for me, has got to be a major step forward. I mean, Ashton's talked when he came, didn't he, about making sure the food was right and the beer was cold. But this, this if they're getting beers like San Miguel on tap, this is a this is a whole other step up in the fan experience. Well, they're, they're doing all of that themselves now, aren't they? They've taken all of the... I'll I, I, be honest, I, I don't sample the kind of the kiosk um, concourse no. facilities on match days, but that does sound like a significant upgrade to the reviews that we heard from uh, from previous years. We need to get this confirmed. We need a we need a fan review. The boy Roscoe is the man to sort that out. Obviously, he's not around this week. Um, squad numbers, Hutchie. Stu just mentioned you want to talk about squad numbers. Uh, is that one I'll, for another day? You've got yeah, concern, but I'll, you've got a I've got one about concern, the skipper, haven't you? I've got uh, no. It's not. It's, I don't know if it's a concern or something. I'm hugely up for. Um, so we all know Sam Morsi loves the number five shirt, right? We know yeah. that he's yeah. always loved that. Wears that everywhere he goes. Currently owned by George Edmondson. Um, completely from nowhere, Sam Morsi wore the number 14 shirt last night. One plus four equals five. five. Do you remember Ivan Zamorano? No? Yes. Sue does. Mark doesn't. Um, he used to play for Inter Milan at a time where Ronaldo was at Inter Milan. Ivan Zamorano wanted to be number nine took the number 18 shirt and put a little plus, actually put a little plus sign between his one and his eight. <laughs> is Morsi going to put a little plus between his one and his four? If he is, I think having slept on it, I'm all in on it. Put the plus on there. It'd be iconic. Zamorano's is iconic. Numbers don't, matter, your they, head. numbers don't matter in friendly. Surely they just whack on any old shirt they get thrown at. Well, you say that. They all kind of wore their, their squad numbers most of them wore their proper squad numbers last night, apart apart from Morsi. So I have got legitimate concerns on on this front. It's mm. not the impossible. plus isn't for me. The plus it's, um, is for me. I've decided. It's uh, Dennis Rodman vibes, isn't it? You know, when he, he digressing into another sport, obviously wore ten at Detroit, moved to uh, Chicago, wore ninety one, went somewhere else, wore seventy three, all adding up to ten. So that means Morsi could wear twenty three, Hutchie. The iconic, probably the most yeah. iconic number of all time. Yeah, that if you're gonna put a plus on that if you're gonna put a plus on that, that would be that would be better than um that would be better I'd, than that. I'm dying I'm dying for a Morsey twenty three shirt. That'd be tremendous from a marketing point of view. I still think I still think he's gonna end up in the number five shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I've got some I I, when, I think he will, if I'm honest. When are squad numbers out, Hutchie? I am shame There's no set date. There's no set date. There's no set date for it. They some clubs have done theirs. I think Peterborough have done theirs already, which is which is quickly. I don't think Morsi's going to be twenty three. That's a Luke. That's a Luco's number. Mm. So for, um, for the for the squad number fans out there, I have written these downs for the new boys. Well, Ladapo took ten, which was Norwood's number, right? Um, yep. John John Jules took nine. Uh, Dominic Ball number four. Who, who had four last season? That was Harper. 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 Yeah. yeah. So Harper's Harper's been downgraded to a twelve. Not not great news for the dream there. Um, and Greg Lee, interestingly, had number eighteen. We mm. had that debate around keeping eighteen free for Mister Bond. Oh. Greg Lee had his hands on that last night. So read into that what you will. Also read in, re, read into something that I might 
because I because I, I want to now. I might write something about squad numbers later today. Read into that if you want as well. I'm I just whenever they come out, Hutchie, wherever you are in the world, if you're off, you're working, whatever, I, you need to just be all over it because no one has this passion for squad numbers like you do. It's unnecessary passion, isn't it? Let's be completely honest. It's it's nerd behaviour. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, it's not great, is it? It's, I, I remember once when I was a kid, it must have been like 2001 or something, I was away on holiday with some friends and I can remember insisting, this was in the days before the internet, like on phones and stuff, that like I remember my insisting to my dad that the day they came out, he must like text me them. And, and he did. Wow. Probably, he, had to, he had to do it. I remember he had to do it all in initials because... You couldn't. You couldn't only do so many texts at a time, and it was my dad. I don't know if he knew how to do it properly, but <laughs> I remember quite vividly getting this text and finding out that D- Darren Ambrose is twenty-two, not thirty-two anymore. That was a that was a big that was a big day for me. Anyway, big news. Absolute nerd. I like it, mate. Passion in anything. I'm I'm here for it. What we want in life in any walk of life is passion. Um, talking about big days, boys. We we can't go without mentioning this Saturday. What's happening this Saturday then? So Town are playing Crystal Palace in a friendly and then they're also playing Wimbledon. So they're going to split the squad. Have we got any kind of update on this? No, they still haven't formally announced this, but Kieran McKenna kind of confirmed it in his post-match, obviously a story that we ran last week to say Mm. that we understood that was going to be the case. McKenna has now said that is going to be the case. So, yeah, they're going to split the squad in half. One team will play 90 minutes in a behind-closed-doors friendly at Crystal Palace's training ground, I think about 11 o'clock kickoff Saturday morning. McKenna said he'll be there to watch that and then he'll dart across London to get to AFC Wimbledon uh, to watch another team play 90 minutes in front of fans at Plough Lane. So the idea behind that is just just to get as much fitness into into everyone as possible. Um, rather are we than get, sort of, yeah. Are we going to split the squad? Is one of you off, off to Crystal Palace behind closed doors? I would be you... very, I'd be very surprised if we can get behind those closed doors at a Come training on. ground. You too, of course you can. We'll see. Anyway, we can take exciting. some binoculars and sort of hide in the bushes <laughs> at Palace. I don't know what Palace's training ground setup is like. We take some like step ladders and leads at Derby scenario. Yeah, Palace are like <laughs> at proper Crystal Palace are away. I think they're in, I think they're in the Far East at the moment on a preseason tour. So that's right. going to be that's going to be like a young a young Palace team, and I think the Ipswich team will be kind of representative of of that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think okay. it's going to be interesting because it, clearly they're going to send a stronger squad to play in front of paying um, fans at, at yeah. Wimbledon. You can start to read a little bit into, you know, it. It'll probably be made clear to them. You know, this isn't a punishment if you're going to the Palace game, or you know, you're very much in my plans. But I, I think you'll get a, if you go into Palace, you've probably got a decent indication that your you, your starting spot for for Bolton is is unlikely. Oh, Rakim's going to be at Palace, isn't he, boys? I think there's every chance of the Rakeem. <laughs> are you still are you still holding on to this? I should it... stop it. Uh, we had a, we had actually a, a message via the. Um, I'll see if I can bring it up while we talk about it because there was someone saying basically that you you've got to stop giving players nicknames because it, it's just cursing them. Mm. Um, let me see if I can get it. It's not gone shout. great, has it? If we're it's, if we're if we're being honest and truthful about it, the, it's been. Don't... An, an absolute dumpster fire, Hutchie. Let's be honest. Junior, yeah. Junior Junior Harris, it was. 
I have a theory why players aren't making the cut ITFC, and it's not Ross's fault for keep using the good old moniker. It's all Heath's fault for nicknaming players as soon as this happens. They get pushed back in a way more times than Ross's driving test. This, for example, KVY, obviously I called him the Jelly Man. He's been injured ever since. Uh, Drizzy Drynan, we all know what happened there. Um, cruelly let go. Absolutely smashing League 2 and you one at the moment. Um, Rakeem <laughs> the Dream. Rakeem the Dream we're talking about right now. Uh, and, and obviously the Crane Train, Ross Crane. Again, cruelly and wrongly let go by Ipswich Town. He says, mm. uh, I, I fear for Nico Valentine's future at the club. He's another one I've um, nailed my colours to in the past. <laughs> What's um, his nickname? What is he, the lover man or something? <laughs> I, think, I think I just called him Nico Bullet for my Valentine. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed his pink boots at Dartford at the start of last season, back at the friendly. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I'm going to... Really I'm, embracing the Valentine's theme. I like that. Yeah, I'm officially, I'm officially cutting calling anyone anything this season. Rakeem the Dream has to stay because he's already been christened, but I do fear for him going forward. If he's a... Why don't you wait until they've done something? But I'm a champion of the underdog, Hutchie. I just like... I respect the fact that you've stuck by it, though, because yeah. we, we know with Ross, he has his boy, and then at the first sign of adversity, drop he, just kicks drop, him. he just ditches yeah. him. Whereas I, I respect that you, you stick with these guys till till the death. I mean, you're still standing by Drynan now. Why I mean, wouldn't I? He's an absolute, yeah. absolute baller. <laughs> have you still got your shirt? Uh, I have, mate. Yeah, it's up in, actually in the office. I'll see if I can rotate my uh, my computer, which is where everything falls apart now. Oh, Another another classic Ross, uh, Ross moment there. Getting, what Ross, is all that on your bed? This is various. That's uh, a fan I made this morning. That's the uh, the winter tog duvet. There's some various things from Amazon there, which I've yet to deal with. That's um, a teddy bear I bought Liz uh, when we first started going out, which has been with us for 22 years, called uh, called Barnabas, if you're asking. Um, so nice. there you go. And that's a look inside the Heath Towers nerve centre. And there we go. Sorry, mate. Carry on. I've got a cat on my spare bed. Can you see him there? I can. Yeah, he's looking very relaxed, old tiger. He's incredibly relaxed. He uh, he is embracing the heat, just lying around, relaxing. He's got no cares in the world, that kid. Cats have the best lives, don't they? They just do he's whatever, doing, yeah, he's doing whatever right. the F ever the ever the F they want, cats. Got to admire that. Right then, friends. Um We've now managed to do an extra 15 minutes <laughs> on squad numbers and various things since uh, we started to wrap up. Any other business, friends? I think we've covered everything there, have we? No other business. No other business. Superb. Just then, your usual reminder to support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code COA, uh, manscaped.com, for 20% off and free delivery. And also, uh, please follow us across all our social medias. YouTube, uh, it's Kingsland on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, please, friends, leave us a five-star review on iTunes because we've not had uh, many of those recently. We've had a couple. It's always nice to get some reviews, um, shout us out. It's great to get feedback from the KOA Army. Um, hope you enjoyed the show today, friends. Enjoy the rest of your week. Remember to keep drinking water. Um, always get a side piece, as, as Hutchie uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And we will speak to you next time. <laughs>